all you need to see is that the curtain has been raised, the curtain is not down, then you can just walk in. You don't even have to ask any permission. This is your privilege. And a person like Abu Musa Ali says, I came from Yemen and for a while I thought that Abdullah bin Mas'ud was a part of the household of Rasulullah that he was so close and so often in that house and he would be in and out of the house of Rasulullah I thought he was one of the family of Nabi so this was how closely attached he was and it was in this light that Nabi said tamassaku bi ahdi ibn ummi abdin bi ahdi ibn mas'udin that hold on tamassaku hold on firmly to the teachings of Abdullah bin Mas'ud now this was something not restricted and confined to that time it is more applicable to us now until the day of Qiyamah that the Sahaba Kiram, there were many, many people among them that were very highly knowledgeable and all the qualities and sifat that are necessary in a person they had. So they could follow anybody that they had in front of them. But as time went, things became a little clouded. So now we have to look at the highlights. And among the highlights are the Khulafai Rashidin. The four Khulafa that came after Rasulullah <coughs> And among the highlights are Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud Nabi Islam will be saying Tamassaku Tamassaku hold on firmly to his teachings So what were his teachings? So in this short time that we have We will go through some of his teachings Some of the aspects and incidents from his life That we can learn something from And the object of all this is For us to be able to also follow that same way and to reach that same destination that the Sahaba reached. So just to go into his own life, the life of Abdullah bin Mas'ud One lesson we learn is from his very childhood. What became the means of his getting so close to Rasulullah That he was a little young boy and he was grazing some sheep, that was his job. Nabi would say Abu Bakr they were traveling somewhere and they passed by him with his flock of sheep. They asked him, you have any milk? So often the owners, this would be a common thing, they would give milk to any passerby. Even the shepherds had generally the permission to do so, but not everybody. Nabi asked him, you have any milk? He says, yes, there is milk. But this flock has been entrusted to me. I don't have the permission to give anybody anything out of this. So in any case, the incident is lengthy, but Nabi Islam then asked him that, okay, is there any sheep, any goat without milk? It is dry. It has never been mated. He said, yes. Okay, bring that along. Nabi Islam rubs his hand over the other and decides something, and it fills up instantly with milk. This was the Mahdiza and the miracle of Rasulullah any case, they partake of that milk, and then Nabi Islam says some words, and that dries up immediately. So he understands all this is to be something miraculous. The next day he comes and he says, Teach me what you have recited yesterday and bring me into your faith. He becomes a Muslim, becomes a person of Iman, 
And from that day, he comes into the service of Rasulullah From where to where? From grazing sheep to the service of the best of creation of Allah And what became the means of this, the catalyst? That was his honesty. Even before Islam. That this is entrusted to me. Not that I do what I want. This aspect of amanat. This raised him from this position of a very, very simple shepherd to the khadim of Rasulullah And that khadim who became so close that he became known as sahibun na'alain wal wisad wal mithara that he was in charge of looking after the shoes of Rasulullah When he would enter the masjid, he would take care of it. He was in charge of the pillow of Rasulullah He was in charge of the wudu, the putting the water in place, etc. He became so close from where? From grazing sheep. To this great service which everybody envied. But the catalyst, honesty, amanat. Which unfortunately nowadays, this is something that has been almost discarded. That the concept of amanat, that something that is in trust, has to be cared for as a trust. And a trust is something that will be questioned on the day of qiyamat. This is something which the consciousness of Allah wa ta'ala, this is not mine, it's somebody else's, I go to look after it. I have to fulfill the trust entirely. This is a subject on its own, but the lesson of trust. In any case, he came into the service of Rasulullah but then we learn some other aspects from this. He once, his very special student, who was among his best students, Al-Qamar he went to Sham, to Syria. So when he went to Syria, the first thing he did was, he went into the masjid, and he performed two rakat salah. And then he made dua. Allahumma yassiru li jaleesan saliha. Ya Allah, give me some good company. I come to a foreign place. This is a very deep lesson. It's linked to Abdullah bin Masood, the latter part, but nevertheless, this part also is a very deep lesson. And he's come to a foreign place. The first thing he's doing is, and he's in the very, very great era of that time where Sahaba were present, that golden era, in that time and age, where the fitnas of this time were not even dreamt of. And he's come to a foreign place. The first thing he's asking for and making dua for, and he's concerned about, Allah grant me good company. Allahumma yassirli jaleesan salihah. Any case, he made dua. Then he comes out, some people are sitting, he comes and sits by them. Short while later, some other person, a very respectable personality, comes and sits down next to him. So he inquires from those who were present that who is this person? It seems to be somebody very noble. So they said to him, This is Abu Darda, this is the great Sahabi of Rasulullah, Abu Darda. So he greets him and then says to him that this is a dua I just made. And Allah Ta'ala answered my dua. Allah Ta'ala sent you to me. The lesson in this, that when a person is truly thirsty for deen, and for the guidance of deen, then sometimes Allah Ta'ala will even send the guide to him. But the thirst must be genuine. He must be genuinely seeking from the depths of his heart. So in any case, when he said this, so in other words, that this is the answer to my dua, so I hold you in this esteem. Abu Darda replies to him that first he asked him, Where are you from? He said, I'm from Kufa. He's from Kufa. 
Alisa indakum ibn Ummi Abdin is not Abdullah bin Mas'ud, one of the people of Kufa. Sahibun alayhim wal wisad wal mitharab. Person who was in charge of the shoes of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the pillow, the things of wudu. Did you not adopt his company? Are you staying in his company? He wasn't aware this was one of his special students. But he gave the same lesson. That be in the company of pious people, be in the company of those who have connected themselves to Allah Ta'ala. Al-Qamar is making the same dua. Abu Darda is giving him the same message. That you are saying you got good company by being in my company. The better company is in Kufa where you come from. And make sure you adopt that company, the company of Abdullah bin Mas'ud. This lesson of company, who we take as companions, who we associate with. Because this company will make a person or break a person. Al-Maru ala deeni khalilihi, fal-yamdur ahadukum mayu khalil. Person will be on the way of his friend. He'll follow the way of his friend, whichever way it is. If it is good, he'll go the good way. If it is the negative road, if it's the way to fitna and the way to evils, the way to all the kinds of crime, then slowly but surely he'll get caught up in that as well. If he keeps that association and that company. So in any case, this was Abdullah bin Mas'ud initial life and some of the lessons that we get from that point. Then his level of knowledge. What was his level of knowledge? He says himself that وَلَقَدْ أَخَسْتُ بِدْعَوْ وَسَبْعِينَ سُورَةً مِنْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ I learned more than 70 surahs. More than 70 surahs. We can imagine how many Jews of the Qur'an Sharif that would be in. Surah Baqarah, for example, is how long? So 70, more than 70 Jews of the surah, uh, Qur'an Sharif, I learned directly from Rasulullah not by a second person. No other person in between. Maybe some other parts I learned via some other Sahaba. But this I learned directly from Rasulullah And then he says, Wallah, there is no surah of the Quran Sharif that was revealed, but that I know where it was revealed. What was the place it was revealed? And by Allah, there isn't any ayat of the Quran Sharif, but that I'm aware of the occasion of its revelation. This is the extent of his knowledge. But despite this, and he even further says before the next aspect, that the Sahaba are all aware that I have the greatest amount of knowledge of the Quran Sharif from Rasulullah Because he was, this was his association with Nabi Sallallahu He was so close to him as one historian describes, He was like the shadow of Rasulullah Sallallahu like the shadow is with the person, he doesn't go somewhere else. person is going right and the shadow goes left, that doesn't happen. So because of this great close association, this was the knowledge he gained. He said, all the Sahaba I went, I have the greatest knowledge of the Qur'an Sharif, but I don't claim to be better than them. This is at the same time, on the one hand, he's expressing his credentials for the student to understand. But at the same time, he is not claiming anything, that I am better than anybody. I'm not better than them. They are better than me. But I've been blessed with this gift of the knowledge. But despite all this, he says, If I come to know even now, 
that somebody has knowledge of something about the Quran Sharif which I don't know about and the camel that I can ride on can reach that point of the world and I will ride that camel to that furthest point of the world to go and seek that knowledge from the person who has that knowledge what is this very great lesson he is giving us in this that he is not regarded despite saying on the one hand that presently the Sahaba know I have the greatest knowledge of the Quran Sharif but if I come to know somebody more knowledgeable, I will go to him. I am not independent of the people of knowledge. It is not that I have all the books at my disposal. Why do I need to go to anybody to learn from? I can open the kitab myself. I can open Bukhari Sharif myself. I can open whatever other books of hadith. I can open the tafsir myself and self-study, carry on with life. Why do I need to go to anybody? Abdullah bin Mas'ud and now is teaching us that despite all the knowledge, if I come to know of somebody with no knowledge, I will go to him. I will not regard myself as independent of the people of knowledge. And this has always been the case. That from the time of the Sahaba Kiram, they sought the people of knowledge and they took the knowledge of Quran and Sunnah from the people of knowledge. They didn't resort to their own research and own study. They went to the people of knowledge who learned from the people of knowledge up to Rasulullah that unbroken chain. And wherever this method was not followed, people decided to do their own things. That is where the deviations came. So in any case, this was his lesson in terms of the, this was his understanding of deen, this was the level of his knowledge and this expertise that he had was further expounded at the time when Sayyidina Umar after the demise of Abu Bakr Umar had to send some people to Kufa because it was a newly conquered place and many people had already started living in this place, there was a need to send somebody who is very knowledgeable to teach people deen in its pristine purity. So the Umar sent two people, two Sahaba Kiram, and he sent a letter with them addressed to the people of Kufa. And he said to them that Qad ba'athu ilaykum Ammar ibn Yasirin Amira wa Abdullah ibn Mas'udin Mu'alliman wa Wazira. I've sent to you Ammar bin Yasir. He is going to be your Amir, your leader. And with him I have sent Abdullah bin Mas'ud, Mu'alliman wa Wazira. He is going to be your teacher. You will learn from a teacher. You will not learn on your own. You will learn from a teacher. Mu'alliman wa Wazira. And he will be the advisor. So Ammar bin Yasin is the Amir, he is the advisor, but he is your Mu'allim. You will learn deep from him. And then he says, وَهُمَا مِنَ النُّجَبَاءِ مِنَ أَصْحَابِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمْ مِنَ أَصْحَابِ بَدْرٍ these two people are from the elite of the Sahaba of Rasulullah and they participated in Badr Yawm al-Furqan that occasion of Badr which Allah Ta'ala says was the day of criterion and the people of Badr Allah Ta'ala has forgiven made the elan and the announcement of their forgiveness completely the highest ranking Sahaba are those who participated in Badr so he says they are the elite of the Sahaba those who participated in Badr and then the very, very crucial thing that Hazrat Umar and who is Hazrat Umar? Now Umar is that personality who Nabi Islam said that Lakana Ba'di Nabiyan Lakana Umar. 
that had there been a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. This was his insight. Not that any Nabi came after. But this was his insight. This was the level of his understanding. He is now addressing the people of Kufa. He says, فَسْمَعُوا Listen carefully. فَتَعَلَّمُوا مِنْهُمَا وَقْتَدُوا بِهِمَا That learn from these two Sahaba and follow them. Learn from these two Sahaba and follow them. Now, this is a very big question mark on this. Follow them. Why didn't he say follow them? Why didn't he say follow the Quran and Sunnah? Following them, is this not going to be something different from the Quran and Sunnah? So Umar is saying follow them because they know the Quran and Sunnah better than you. And the correct understanding of the Quran and Sunnah, you'll get fired them because they've learned it from Rabbi Sallallahu So don't try to attempt to make your own research and find your own way out because you might just slip somewhere. You might just go off in some other tangent. You might not know where you will end up. But you take it from the experts who have learned it from the experts. So he's saying to them, follow these two Sahaba. Not that this means that you're going to follow something apart from Quran and Sunnah. Because these Sahaba understood Quran and Sunnah far more than the rest. And that is the same issue, unfortunately, in this time and age, that the very beautiful slogans that are made to give the wrong message. But the slogan is very good. The slogan is perfect. Follow Quran and Sunnah only. So is there anything else to follow? Can anybody get to the right destination without following anything but Quran and Sunnah? But then this, behind the slogan is that these Imams of Fiqh, Imam Abu Hanifa, and Imam Shafi'i, Imam Malik, and Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, and what is the need to follow these people? These are also human beings like us, do your own thing. So the deception is that don't worry, you can go along yourself. Whereas the Umar the personality of his caliber, he is addressing the people of Kufa, where there were thousands of Sahaba present at that time. And he's saying, you follow these two personalities. They will teach you Quran and Sunnah. And this is the same point that those who follow the Imams of Fiqh, not because they are teaching something apart from Quran and Sunnah, because they had the deeper understanding of Quran and Sunnah. And their understanding is far beyond what we can even imagine. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal knew one million ahadis by heart. He memorized the million ahadith. How many do we know? Imam Abu Hanifa, hundreds of thousands of ahadith he knew. And the same with all the other Imams of Fiqh. And then the great understanding and faqahat and jurisprudence that Allah had given them, the understanding of deen, we cannot even imagine. They, were, they sat at the feet of the Sahaba or Tabi'een. So the same principle will apply in this time and age to get to the destination safely and correctly that we will follow the people who have that expertise. And they will teach us Quran and Sunnah. They will not teach us anything else. They will not pull anything out of their pockets. So Abdullah bin Mas'ud is giving this very same, very crucial lesson. Umar is giving this very crucial lesson. That faqtadu bihima, you follow these two personalities. And the people of Kufa took this to heart to such an extent that Ibn Asakir, the great historian, he states that the people of Kufa then took these words of Umar to heart to such an extent 
they would not give precedence to the opinion of anybody above the view of Abdullah bin Mas'ud He said something, that was it. If we want to term it differently, we can say that they became his blind followers. And there was nothing wrong with this blind following. They became his blind followers because they knew he's an expert in Quran and Sunnah. And he's leading them to nowhere else but Quran and Sunnah. And to the correct path that takes to Jannah. So they became his blind followers in that context. So this blind following of an expert in Deen, no problem with it. That is the way to go. So in any case, Abdullah bin Mas'ud just to take, finish off on one or two of his advices that he gave, he once addressed the people again on the same point, and he said, Ya Yuhannas, ta'allamu qabla ayyurfa'al ilm. So people, acquire knowledge before knowledge is taken away. And then he said, فَإِنَّ مِنْ رَفْئِهِ قَبْضُ أَصْحَابِهِ وَكَمَا قَالُ That the, among the ways in which the knowledge of deen is taken away is by the demise of the people of knowledge of deen. Now this, the people who have that expert understanding, when they go, it is as if knowledge has gone. Whereas books, books are all the time increasing. So the books are increasing, but yet if the people of knowledge keep going, and others haven't learned from them to keep that chain continuing, then despite the libraries and the shelves being filled, knowledge will be gone. Because knowledge is that under correct understanding of Quran and Sunnah that comes down this unbroken chain. It is not the figment of somebody's imagination. It is that unbroken chain, that understanding that Nabi Wasallam passed on to the Sahaba, and they passed on to their students, and that has come down in the unbroken chain up to this time and age. That is what's ilm, that is the knowledge of deen. And then he further said to them, وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَالتَّبَدُّعُ That beware of all newly innovated ways and methods, Beware of all newfangled ways and going about things in fancy ways. Stick to what is the original thing. That many, many new things will come about of how to go about presenting deen and serving deen and propagating deen and teaching deen. He says, beware of all this. And what tanatta, beware of delving too deep beyond your reach. You keep to that which is within your capacity. Because everything is not for everybody. Some person will go into the depths of heart surgery because he has to perform the heart surgery. So he will learn the finer points of it also. And the other person only needs the operation. He will only have to know what he has to do, how he has to conduct himself, what is his diet, what must be the things that he must do, what he must refrain from. So he must keep to that. Now he starts going and researching the method of heart surgery, what is going to benefit him, he will get more confused. He might get so scared he won't even go for the surgery. So the thing is that he's saying beware of going too deep. Nowadays, this too is something everybody wants to research things on their own and this brings a confusion because the person doesn't have the basis. He doesn't have the fundamentals and now he's going into the depths of heart surgery. So he's going to finish off in a confusion. So he needs to seek that knowledge from people of knowledge and to the extent of his capacity. Obviously, the fundamentals of deen, all things that pertain to his day-to-day -day life, he has to have that knowledge. But the finer aspects the deeper points of deen, this is something he has to take from the experts to the extent that he can manage and handle. 
And then he further says, وَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالْعَدِيرِ Stick to the original, traditional, old way, the way of the Sahaba Ikram. All the newfangled ways will be very attractive. It will look very, very appealing. That in all the various ways that somebody will want to now decide to spread deen via movies also maybe. Somebody via the TV and somebody via the, some music and whatever else and drama and all these kinds of things will keep coming up. He's saying, remember, وَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالْعَتِيقِ Stick to the old traditional way of Rasulullah Sallallahu and the Sahaba Kiram. Then you will get safety. Don't experiment with things. That for 1200 years, the Ummah has been safely reaching their destination, following the teachings of the four Imams of Fiqh. Don't come in the 12th century, the 14th centuries later and start experimenting. The experiments sometimes explode. Whatever has been safely taking people across, and without any confusion, they have been fulfilling their rights of deen. That's a tried and tested method. And from that time till now, nobody has gone off of that. It's all tried and tested and proven. And all the proofs have been all explained in complete detail, all available. So continue on that straight path. And you start experimenting, that experiment can become very dangerous. So, this is the lessons that he gave, these are the advices he gave. This was his life as we started off at the beginning. The Sahaba Kiram, these are our guiding light. These are our guiding stars. These are the personalities we have to follow to get to the destination safely. The destination is the pleasure of Allah Taala in Jannah. And among those Sahaba who Nabi Salaam highlighted was Abdullah bin Mas'ud And among the highlights of his lessons in life was his honesty, that brought him into the khidmat of Rasulullah and his association, the close association with Nabi and in the good company brought him to that level of deen, to that understanding, to that knowledge and the lesson he himself taught of good company and the lesson of following the people of knowledge. This is the way that will get a person safely across and save him from all kinds of confusion grant us the true understanding of deen keep us on sirat al-mustaqim and take us safely to jannah